we do bow down to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for leading us in worship this morning. And I hope you were able to worship there in your living room. I just want to encourage you with this idea that the instrument that God loves more than any other is your voice. And so um, what we want to do now is we want to, we want to shift our time from, from worshiping the Lord through music to worshiping him through his word. I also, I do, before I get started, I want to, I want to ask you to stay uh, through the end of our time this morning. When, when our sermon is wrapped up, and um, you, if you stay with us, at the end of that time, Pastor Brock will be joining me, and we'll be discussing this passage and, and how, um, how, we, how to apply that in our everyday life. This is a, an opportunity where you'll be able to interact through commenting and so forth there through Facebook. And many people have expressed to me how much they've appreciated that opportunity. It's given us a sense of community as we're separated from one another. Even on Facebook, seeing someone's name and their comment encourages our heart. As a matter of fact, I, I want to point you to Wednesday evening as well. On Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. here on Facebook, we're having a time that we're calling normal Christian life. And, and this is a time where a group of us gather, usually myself and Pastor Brock and Pastor Billy, and, and we, we gather together to talk about how do we live out the normal Christian life even in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis. How do we live out intimacy with God, community with others, and influence in our world? And I want to encourage you to be back on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. There's a lot of interaction that, that happens during that time. We, we ask questions of, of those that are viewing. They can ask us questions. There's back and forth from us to the viewers with, in, in the midst of other viewers. It's just a really neat opportunity. And as I've been calling some of you through the week and just checking up on you, most of you have told me how much you appreciate that opportunity. As a matter of fact, some have said, when this all wraps up, because it's going to, Lord willing, Lord willing, it's all going to wrap up. And we come back to normal. People have asked us, can we keep doing these, these Facebook Live groups? That's how much people are, are appreciating it. I know I have very much. Well, now it's during this time that we're going to open up God's word together. It's, it's what we do as a church. We're, we're just trying to, to really do ministry and do our, our services as we usually do when we meet together. And what we typically do right now is we, we gather together around God's word. Really, what God has to say through his word is much more important than anything that I could ever add. And so I want to start today and read from the book of First Peter. Now, I've chosen this book for us to study during this time because Peter writes this letter to believers in, in modern day Turkey who are experiencing a great deal of, of struggle and persecution. Now, their, their time of trial is, is not, a, it's not a plague or a disease as, as what we're going through. Theirs is a time of persecution. They're being persecuted by the, by the government authorities simply because they name the name of Jesus. And all they have to do is bow to the emperor and they'll be safe. But many of them didn't because they knew it would dishonor their Lord. And the man who wrote these words that I'm going to read, soon after he wrote this, would surrender his life to the executioner's sword. So he writes this to people who are struggling. I want to read to you chapter 1 of First Peter. 
It's kind of a long reading. It's verses 13 through 25. And, and be sure that you listen all along the way. Especially I want you to hear the very end of this passage. When it brings everything into its proper perspective. Peter writes this. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written by the Lord, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for, and this is a quote from God, he says, all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Now, the reason why I chose this passage is because I think it speaks specifically to much of what we are encountering. And, and what I want to share with you today is in, in the midst of all the news that we are receiving, we're being overloaded with news. If you're like me, you're, you're regularly getting reports on your iPhone, on your television, whatever the medium is, there's an overwhelming amount of news. Much of it is troubling. And what I want to do today is I want to remind you of the big news of the, of the important news, of the good news that we need to know and hold and value in the midst of the troubling news that we're receiving all the time. Now, some of you have, have reached out to me and let me know that, that you're anxious, that you're, that you're concerned, that, that worry is chasing you down. This is the answer, God's words. And who God is, the good news, the big news that we need to hold on to. This big news is the message that God loves us, that God has a plan, that he hasn't abandoned us. And I hope that I can impress that upon your heart today. 
It's not the first time that people have needed good news. We often, we often come back to these words around Christmas time. Let, let me read to you something that was said to shepherds out on a hillside who had experienced something a little scary. And an angel came to them and said, don't be afraid. I say the same thing to you today. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, I want to bring you good news of great joy for all that are listening. So where does this good news come from? And, and how do we apply it to our lives and how do we live it? I, I, want, us to, I want us to leave here today with this idea in mind. That we can live the abundant life even in the midst of troubling times. This is what Peter's message is for us today. That we can live out what Jesus called life to the full in John 10, even in these times. But we must hold on to some important truths, and Peter brings them to bear. Starting with this one, you'll find it in verse number 13. And it's this reality that Jesus is coming back. That he will return. Listen to what verse 13 says. Therefore, preparing your minds for action. This is Peter writing, the Apostle Peter. Really, the spiritual leader of these people who are under great turmoil and stress. He says, prepare your minds for action. Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, those that have been with us at Centerpoint Bible Church for the last couple of months should recognize a word there. The revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the word that many of you maybe are hearing in different environments right now. The word apocalypse. That's that word that we hear all the time. And it's, it's, it comes with images of, of destruction and death and turmoil. But this word, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ is a reference to him returning, that he's going to come again. So hear what Peter says. He says, you need to keep your hope fully on the fact that Jesus is going to return. He's coming again. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That no matter what comes our way, no matter what struggle comes your way, if you live today under the grace of Jesus Christ, you can live with confidence that Jesus is coming again. And when he does, all things will be set straight. So what Peter says is in light of that, in light of the fact that Jesus is coming again, you should be living out two things. Two things. First of all, prepare your minds for action. What does that mean? Literally what Peter said is kind of a strange phrase for us today, but it looks like this. He's saying, gird your loins. What that means is in, in, in Peter's day, everybody wore like a almost a long shirt garment. And he says, gird your loins. This was a military term. This was an action term. And it meant to take your garment and, and kind of bind it up together and, and latch it together in a belt. He says, Gird your loins. 
Prepare your mind for action. Folks, our mind needs to be ready for what's coming before us. He also says that we should be sober-minded. What does that mean? It means that we are not controlled by anything else but God. You know the term sober. You know what it is to not be sober. It's to be under the influence of alcohol or some, some drug. So what, what Peter is saying is, because you know Jesus is coming back, you prepare your mind for action. You be ready for what may come your way. And you allow your mind and your thoughts and your whole being to be governed by him, nothing else. This is what Peter is saying to us for how we can live in these troubling times. So what does this mean for us? What, what, what is it? How do we apply this? We need to have our minds ready to handle what comes our way. I don't know what's coming your way. I, I don't know the future. If, if anything that we should have learned over the last couple of weeks is that things can change quickly in our lives. And Scripture is warning us that we must be prepared for action. Looking to the coming of Jesus, be prepared. And secondly, it says here that we should be sober-minded, not controlled by, by anything else, not controlled by our fears, not be controlled by our anxiety, not to be controlled by our worries, not to be controlled by the news, not to be controlled about what you're, by what you're hearing out in the world. No, we're controlled by our Lord. Peter's saying, you have these two things in place. Your mind, your mind is prepared and you are sober in how you're responding. So I'm not, I'm not running to and fro. I'm confident that Jesus is in control. And all of this, all of this is being managed by Him. And He's going to come again. We have this hope that Jesus will be returning. One of the things that struck me over the last three weeks is that Human beings, particularly Americans, of the last few decades, we have put our hope in two things. Two things primarily. Our health and our wealth. And this COVID-19 crisis has attacked those idols in very specific ways. But don't let it. Don't let it wreck you. Prepare your mind and be sober-minded. Your health could be taken away. Your wealth could be taken away. But if you're hoping on Jesus and His return, that can't be taken away. So that's how we live out the big news in the midst of the troubling news. That's how we remain fixed on Jesus. Looking to his return. Preparing our minds and being sober minded. But that's not it. I want to go a little further in this passage. And, and now I want to look at what Peter says in verse number 14 and 15. Let me read it for you. He says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. What we have here is that we must remember, first of all, that Jesus is coming back. But now in verse 14, we must remember that we are children of God. Obedient children of God, it says. What is an obedient child? An obedient child is, is one who responds to their parents. They, they love their parents. And when their parent says, do this or that, they, they obey. And what Peter is saying is for us to remember that's who we are now. We're no longer conformed to the passions of our formal ignorance. God has changed us. And so now we, we respond to God. And more than that, it says that as he is holy, we are called to be holy. Now, this is a word, I think, one of the most misunderstood words in all of our Bible, the word holy. Most people think it means to be really, really good, maybe even sinless, perfect, never doing wrong. That's not what the word means. When something is holy, what that means is that it is set apart completely different from all other. So the Bible is called the Holy Bible because it is unlike any other book. The Spirit of God is called the Holy Spirit because He is unlike any other are spirits. There are angels, there are demons, but He is unlike any other spirit. And God here is called holy because He is unlike any other person in all of existence. And we are called to be holy as God is holy. So we are called as obedient children to be different, to be different. COVID-19 is raging. People are fearing. Maybe, you're, maybe your neighbors or, or the people you work with are, are panicking. We're different. We look to the Lord Jesus. He's coming back. We're being conformed to the image of our Father as obedient children. We're holy. We're different. We aren't living for this world. We've already understood that health and wealth are not the answer. We've already processed through that. We've already given our lives to Christ. So we're different. We're confident that our Father has things under His control. We're confident that He loves us. That He wants relationship with us. That we don't have to fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That's not who we are. As obedient children. This is what Peter has to say to people who are struggling, who are fearful, who are suffering. You are children of God. But that's not all that he says. A little more. Verse 17. Let me read it for you. He says, And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile or your time of struggling. Knowing this. Now hear what you can know today. Knowing this, that you were ransomed from your futile ways that you inherited from your forefathers. You were ransomed not with perishable things 
such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You see what God is doing here? He's raising up the thing that people admire and seek after and do whatever they can to possess silver, gold. And he says, those things are perishable. They don't last. They can be taken in a moment. But you and I have been ransomed by something that is without value. There's no limit to its value. The precious blood of Christ. This is what we've been ransomed with, purchased with. This is who God wants you to be. His child that he gave his life for. And it was always his plan. Verse 20, he was foreknown before the foundation of this world. This Christ, this one who would come and die for us. This was the plan before the foundation of the world. But it's now been made manifest. That means it's been made clear. You can see it in the last times for the sake of you. These are those last times. These times when health and wealth are not delivering. They don't come through. They're revealed as the sham that they are. And instead, we're called to look to Christ whom God raised from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. This is why we can have faith and hope in the midst of arguably the worst struggle, the worst global struggle ever encountered. Because Jesus Christ has beaten the worst foe that man could ever have. Death, sin, hell. This is the confident hope that we can have. This is how we can exist abundantly in troubling times. Just to close out the passage, I I want to end with, with what Peter ends with. He says, you purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. For a sincere brotherly love. He says love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again. Not of perishable seed. But of imperishable. Through the living and abiding word of God. And then verse 24 and 25. I think is a a very fitting closing for our time today. Listen how real it is. Listen how practical it is. Listen how much it clearly reflects what we're all learning. All flesh, this means all humanity, all flesh is like grass. (laughs) And all its glory like the flower of grass. You know, grass and flowers are pretty. They're beautiful. But look what it says. The grass withers. And the flower falls. Everything of this earth doesn't last. Not on its own. But the word of the Lord remains forever. 
My question for you as you're listening to this is, are you ready to remain forever? That's only possible if you be born again. If you look to that one, Jesus Christ, the one that was chosen for the foundation of the world, who came and died for our sins and was buried and resurrected, we were born again. We put our trust in Him. This is what makes us obedient children. God changes our nature. He makes us holy, entirely different, no longer the same, set apart for a distinct purpose. It makes us like Him. And promises us that he will come again. These are the truths that Peter brought to people who were afraid, who were struggling, who were on the run, who were hiding. And God comforted them with that truth. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, allow us to be these kind of people. Lord, people that put our hope on you, not on health, not on wealth. People that are being conformed to the image of your son. People that are waiting for Jesus to return. People who are completely different than what we would have naturally have been. And instead, we live for you. People that have our confident hope in the finished work of Jesus. People that are born again. And Lord, as we now close up this time, I pray you'll remind us from your word of our purpose. That doesn't change even in sickness. That doesn't change even in poverty. That doesn't change even in grief. Our purpose is to go and make disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear the word of God. As I read for you Jesus' last words that he shared before he went to be with his Father in heaven. As I read this, know that every Sunday at Centerpoint, we close with this passage as a reminder for us that we will go and fulfill Jesus' great commission. And Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.